Hi everybody and welcome to Top Shelf Tech. Uh, today we have got Damon Kelly, founder and CEO of Enlightened Designs, very dear friend of mine and entrepreneur since he was 19 years old. Thank you so much for joining us today, Damon. Thank you for having me. Hey, uh, so what have you been up to, man? Oh, not traveling anymore since like <laughs> uh, we went into lockdown, but there was like a lot of traveling before that. But it's, it's been really good being back in New Zealand, actually. And uh, everyone seems to be killing it at the moment. And I think it's really exciting to see the advantage that we've got as a nation currently because when we've been talking to a bunch of our both national and international clients at the moment they've been saying like your brand from what's happened with Jacinda and just the management of COVID in New Zealand the Kiwi brand yeah particularly particularly well and then just not being in lockdown right so we're all getting to sit down and do interviews like this and you know collaborate work together uh, it's been good. It's yeah, been nice, really good. nice. Hey, so Global Development House, born out of out of Hamilton or the Waikato, heart of digital in New Zealand. What's your perspective on that? Like the, I guess is the question, like yeah, why, like why, 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 on, why from Waikato? Yeah, or? growing digital in the Waikato and, and the opportunity that presents it there. As inter- I like so, I met a colleague. Uh, in New York of all places actually and the thing that he said which was really interesting he was a Kiwi and we're sitting down having a conversation and he went have you noticed that in New Zealand that what we do with innovation is kind of cutting edge in the world and for the per capita size that we are as a nation that we're just punching above our weight and he's like I, re- I was talking to someone and I realised why and he was a, because when you look at natural selection and human species, innovation happens at the edges. And because we're at the edge of the world and we've come from that whole scenario of number eight wire and those style things, we're just, we're just far more used to, I guess, looking at how can you do things differently. I also think the other thing that we have as being a uh, slightly smaller nation is that we tend to have a more of a broad kind of holistic perspective. So if you look in like a large market, America, um, where we do quite a lot of work, but we're largely known in America for data storytelling. Mm. And actually, if we ever try and expand that messaging out, they just they kind of don't believe it. They're like, how could you do anything more than data storytelling? But in New Zealand, because of our roots and because of being pioneers, uh, we've been used to the whole number eight wire, um, but when you apply that to tech and you start to see across like all of the different um, technologies which mm. are out there at the moment, it's really impressive. And I think the thing around cloud uh, is that uh, so many of these amazing technologies like artificial intelligence or cloud services uh, allow you to take um, these building blocks and just innovate so much faster. So I think... By nature, New Zealand's got a significant advantage in that when you look at our history and our roots, which has been really good. Yeah, nice one. So one thing I would say from the ancillary perspective is there's so much opportunity in tech that it's hard to know where to focus. So what's Enlightened focusing on right now? What's hot? So, So for us, from a focus perspective, we really went through a transformation in the last probably four to five years to really grouping the organization down into practices because we always used to be quite good but we'd more have like a broad brush teams approach and now what do you mean by that broad brush uh, teams approach so we had a whole bunch of really talented technologists right and Mm -hmm. some of the um guys that we've got working for us are like best in the world at some of the things that they do Uh, and that was kind of good but 
really, and some of it, I guess, was changed by when we started doing a lot more international work. We yeah. found that if you're going to compete at the global scale, you really just need to be amazing at certain things. So we started changing the structure of our organization into a concept that we call practices where we would have these thought leaders and teams that would just like totally kill it. So if you look at, let's say, like our web practice, we used to do web websites um, and then our, all of our teams would do that. But now we really have this one CMS team, which is lead, and we're very clear. We will have like multiple offerings in technology. So we'll have Sitecore right at the top end of town, which is like amazing for marketing automation and lead scoring. And then we'll have Sitefinity and then we'll have Umbraco um, so that we can make sure that we can address the market, that these people are, I guess, taking these products, but also the knowledge and just kind of going to, you know, how do you be? world leading in that and i think it's um it's good it's yeah it's been really really useful and i think the other thing that new zealand's had as a whole at the moment is that we do amazing things here so because of covid everything's now virtual yeah. so we're we used to have this backyard which would be new zealand where we could only do like a few different things and people would want to see us face to face um now especially with the rest of the world largely being in lockdown people really are happy for who's going to do the best solution and really who's kind of the best at the game and doing killing stuff. Nice. Very cool. Hey, so talk to me a little bit about that. So you've got thought leaders and I can attest to that. You do have some of the best in the world talent uh, at the Martins Lines. So what's the, how do you build that talent, hire that talent, find that talent? I know that's a challenge sometimes being headquartered in the regions of New Zealand. Uh, look, a large amount of our talent has come out of uh, Waikato. And I think when you look at... Um, I mean, if we look at the ancillary as well, you know, we've got these um, newer, um, scrappier companies that have been, um, you know, either um, top of New Zealand or competing at the world stage. And I think when you look at it and you look at the roots of Waikato, Waikato was the first place that had the internet come out of it um, from New Zealand. I didn't know that. Uh, which was quite cool. So that um, came into Waikato University. And then if you look at companies like Google, a large amount of their really, especially in the artificial intelligence space, some of their top engineers um, have actually come out of uh, Waikato. So if you've heard of That's Google amazing. DeepMind, um, which was Shane Legg, so, um, you know, ex-Waikato University. Um, so there's, uh, you know, it's got, you've got that solid base of engineering, which then supports everything moving forward. So I think, you know, I used to look at one day, like a long time backwards going like, oh, are we disadvantaged because we've got a lot of our staff coming out of the Waikato, but actually it's an advantage because, you know, it's an amazing um, university. And actually Waikato Institute of Technology and Tuananga Aotearoa are also pretty amazing. So you've got these like great institutions which are putting out killer people in technology, which is what the world needs at the moment. So good, so good. Hey, you mentioned some pretty cool tech there around AI. What's what's Enlightened doing in that space? Yeah, AI is super interesting at the moment because I think you saw this big wave where everyone wanted to jump on the bandwagon and they were like, wanting to kind of do yeah, an yeah, AI yeah, project. Yeah. And a lot of them didn't necessarily go anywhere uh, initially, but I feel like the industry as a whole is now at this point where it's starting to understand, hey, look, these are all the different ways. So I remember a project that you worked on um, when we were working together um, 
Actually, do you want to talk about it? I don't know what it is. This is what the, is it? <laughs> this was the weed identification one. I thought that oh, was yeah, I thought yeah. that was a really yeah. cool story. So if you yeah. do that and then maybe I'll build on So what was that? So I think one of the things that I always found interesting around technology and uh, you know, new or hype technology is the, the applications are endless, but almost always the enterprise is the one that, that picks it up first, you know, it, it figures out how to optimise cost and, and drive agility in their organisation. Um, but yeah, that was a really cool one because it had a, a social good component to it. Um, I don't know if we can go into the, the massive details, but essentially taking um, tacit knowledge from an individual who had expertise of 60 plus years in the, in the industry, um, building up the knowledge around New Zealand's uh, agricultural pest landscape and saying if that person wasn't around tomorrow, all of that knowledge, which is really important to us as an as a agricultural company, uh, country, sorry, um, would disappear. So Enlighten worked with them to figure out a way to enable citizen science to essentially capture all of our weeds and pests and, and, and that type of stuff. And, um, match it against a database that says what it could be, what you do with it, but what it actually gave New Zealand is a, is a um, national map of where all of that is. So that, that's quite cool. And I think when you look at it from a technology perspective, the the piece behind that was essentially from an AI perspective is like visual recognition, right? Yeah. And it's you had a lot of people which were doing visual recognition projects but not really understanding how do you apply these to a business domain and how do you actually make real change, which was, I mean, that was a project that you actually kind of managed and ran through. Which yeah, I yeah, was and that was, well, that was Azure Cog Services, like yeah. pretty, pretty new. Which, okay. are, which is quite good. Yeah. And then actually... Um, since I'm now like totally reversing the article, yeah, because it's, it's a, it's like, it's a, it's a good bit. Do you want to? I mean, one of the things that I think has been pretty incredible that we've seen in the press is this constant momentum from sustainable coastlines and Microsoft and the president coming and doing Absolutely. clean up beaches yeah. and the AI for Earth grant. Do you want to? You kind of you kicked a large amount of that off. No, no, with, no that, well, that's with, your with, story. With, man. With, You've taken that pause. What with, happened? Well, Tell I, I can probably tell you the other part, but you yeah. you took that after after Dave. I like, did, I did. No, sustainable coastlines is a great story, but didn't you win an award for it last year? We did. did. No, what was the award? Tell us about it. Uh, that was Cloud for Good Award. So it was really uh, looking at how you could use. And it was a Microsoft award, so it was looking at how you could use a bunch of Microsoft technologies in a way that was supporting and helping the world. So one of the things around sustainable coastlines is that they have this platform which now enables people around the world to actually become citizen scientists and help clean up beaches. Uh, and we've really been focused on how do you visualize that information in a way that is really compelling and you can present it in places like the United Nations or New Zealand government so that you can actually get significant change mm -hmm. and impact and action and then recording all of that data, looking at how artificial intelligence can be used to improve it. So from there, we've really just seen this continued momentum um, with artificial intelligence and some of the new services that we've been working with are like super interesting. Um, so one of them, um, uh, well, two of them actually that we've been using a lot of at the moment is a service from Microsoft called Azure Search mm -hmm. and, and another one called Video Indexer. And actually when you compile these two services together, um, which we've um, um, been working with Microsoft on on a project called Project Ida, um, you can do some really, really cool things. So what they allow you to do is... Um, do things such as entity extraction, which sounds um, uh, very, very technical and complex, but you can take a large amount of files 
Um, and Microsoft's got a really good example of this around the John F. Kennedy files. Okay. You can put all of those previous printed documents in and it will go through, it will scan them, it will work out putting them all into text, but then it will understand all of the different objects inside of them and it will link them together so you kind of get this amazing 3D representation of all of the data and all of the information. And through that, you can essentially do things like e-discovery or you can do search and you can find correlations and things that you just couldn't do normally because a human would have to read through all of these files. Uh, the other one, which is video indexer, is like super cool. So it's, um, we're working a lot by taking full media streams, putting mm -hmm. them through this video processor, and we'll do things such as full voice to text. So we could take this video that we're doing at the moment um, and have a text transcript of it. Uh, it will do things such as celebrity detection. So, you know, you know that you're famous so that you'll kind of come up with your profile and your information and, and all of the cards in relation to that. Um, you can kind of jump to points inside the stream um, and then you can put things like object detection in. So it's very similar to what you were talking about with um, that plant detection visual um, yeah. app but yeah. instead this is now at the this is now at the video level um, and we're seeing a lot of these uh, these technologies start to be used in a lot of like super creative ways so one of them um, some of the things that we're doing at the moment is taking uh, audio feeds automatically converting them into text and then looking through and identifying like what is an important keyword that's in that um, and then flagging that up for operators. So if you think of an example of this, uh, take the New Zealand Coast Guard, you've got all these people out and you, now that we can go out again because of COVID with pleasure boats and they'll be ringing in, they'll be putting in all of their trip reports and um, using artificial intelligence, we can actually, rather than having operators sitting on that other end, they can actually, um, we can be processing through the text versions of those looking for keywords like I'm in help flagging them up alerting people so it's uh it's pretty it's pretty fun it's i think the ai is in this really fun place of augmenting uh yeah. what's going on at the moment so um yeah it's uh, it's got augmenting humans i love that and i love the role that you've played in and always being on the front edge of technology and, oh, and kind of investing it's been really important i think to the world but also in new zealand so if you had a um i guess one one last question for you what does it take a village mean to you it's pretty clear that you've got a, a real sense of value in, in that in your in your business and in the way that you conduct yourself. So what does that that, that phrase mean to you? So I think what we saw through COVID, for example, was that especially when we looked at our client base, was that the organizations that really um, survived through it or the organizations that thrived through it were were those that were <coughs> really digitally enabled, right? They had a, uh, they either had e-commerce or they had a digital channel. Um, so essentially, when some of the traditional ways of interacting um, disappeared, they could keep running. And when you look at the digital landscape, it's super complex, right? So they're like, you can take something like AI, and AI will go into like machine learning. Um, or we can kind of um, jump into different areas like software development, or we can jump into places like um, there's this whole low-code movement where yep. you've got things like power apps. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just huge. And no one or no organization can know all of it. So in order to compete, you really need to make sure that you're working with organizations that 
are really deep specialists in what they're looking at doing. So that could be anything from cloud migrations to a bunch of the technologies that we've talked about previously. And that they've done it a lot before and that they're innovating and they're, they're pushing the boundaries. And in order to really get that, whether it be in New Zealand or anywhere else in the world, you really need to be going to specialists. Mm-hmm. I think the the days of being able to go to like a single vendor, um, unless they're like one of the larger vendors like a Microsoft or a Google or an Amazon, are just gone. Um, you're better to go to an organization that is just really, really good at what they do and will really kind of put you at the heart of their business and really think about you. So you want this kind of customer intimacy plus technical specialists that really have a repeatable framework so that you can use that in order to reduce um, commercial risk. It's probably the easiest way. And then when you look at that, that kind of, but also at the same time from an ecosystem perspective, uh, the challenges that we're trying to save are, so much harder so we'll do a ton of um, enterprise web development with technologies like Sitecore where we're doing lead scoring um, but in order to have those things work they uh, it really does need to integrate into a CRM system which could be Salesforce could be dynamic CRM and if you look at what we do we don't do that because we wouldn't want to do the CRM piece um, because we'd really need to have the mass and the level of specialization where we, we know that we're really good at is like the web information architecture, least growing the integration, all of that piece. So we'll partner. Um, and it's the same thing when you take um, companies like Ancillary. So from an enlightened perspective, we won't do things like cloud migrations because um, or cloud security, right? Because it's not our place. We will ensure that things are secure. We'll make sure that what we're building sits on top of amazing cloud infrastructure, but we'll work with an organization like the Ancillary to make sure that it's incredible because you want, you want best of breed providers and you want best of breed providers at the moment that have good partnerships that are used, used to working together. Um, and if you do that, then everyone wins. And the customer and client should also be at the center of that journey. So it's like if we were to, uh, I don't know, fictitious client be doing something with them, it could be that Ancillary was doing the cloud and the security and Lightning could be doing the web and the artificial intelligence and the data um, side of that. And then the client would be owning their knowledge around their business and their industry, right? And but participating and being part of the project. Yeah. Um, because I think that, you never want to be in a situation where you're like, we did something, throwing it over the fence and then hoping it works. Um, it's, it's Those days are gone. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I love catching up with you. And thank you, everybody, for listening to Top Shelf Tech. Tune in next time.